And I've seen a lot of changes, and I've seen a lot of uh, differences, and I've seen a lot of things that have, have just organically grown. I've seen people grow spiritually, and, and, and I really appreciate what God has done over the last three years. He has really blessed us, and, and I know it's not me, I know it's not Nancy, but I, and I, I do know, and I give credit to God, that it's Him. It's His work. But He has pulled on my heart for the last several weeks about taking that next step, about moving a little closer to Him. I remember a few years ago, as a casual basketball observer, uh, actually as an avid basketball watcher, uh, I remember watching the, the Golden State Warriors, and, and they had all the players that they had when they were winning, but they just weren't winning. They had Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Iguodala, and they had all of these players that they won three championships with. I was there. I saw the banners. It was great. Uh, and yet they weren't winning. And then they brought in a new coach. Now, their old coach was a nice guy. He was a good man. He loved the Lord. He was, he was good, and he would get them to a certain point, and then that was as far as they could go. And they brought in Steve Kerr, and Steve Kerr did something that the other ones didn't do. With the same players, with the same talent, they began to win. And they learned how to finish out a game. And the reason why they learned and, and how they learned was they bought into a new culture. A culture of winning. It wasn't that they changed all the plays, although they did change that a little bit. And it was the same game. It was the same basketball. It was the same hoop. But they began to win. And when a crunch time came, they began to make the shots that in previous years they had missed. And you say, well, what was different? It was the culture. It was the mentality. It was the desire to win and to win all the time. They changed their culture, and they began to win. I mentioned last week that I believe our, the church has allowed our culture to affect us. That, and I know that, that, there, that there's many, many reasons why we would do that or why we have allowed that. But the truth is, if we are going to be the people of God that he has called us to be, if you and I are going to rise to the level uh, of a championship church, uh, a, a church, a body of believers that understands how to win, knows what it's like to win, and wants to see the passion and glory of God manifest in our services, we can't blame culture and we can't blame previous generations. We have to realize that right now, right here, God has assembled a group of men and women with the talent and the abilities and the gifts from Him that He has placed in us. He has put together a team and the only thing that is lacking is allowing ourselves to buy in to the culture of the church.
not talking about the culture of the church that you may have grown up with or the culture of the church that you may think. There is a culture in the church that Christ established that when that culture is developed, when that culture is sustained, when we buy into that culture, amazing things begin to happen. And I want to talk to you for the next few weeks about aspects of that culture. In the passage of Scripture that we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, 14, Paul laid out five questions to, to the church. And, and in his response, in his questioning, and I believe that they were rhetorical questions, he didn't really want them to answer, but he just was posing these questions of what fellowship can have light with darkness. And he said, don't be unequally yoked. And then you think, well, yeah, he's talking about not being part of the world. That's not what he was talking about. Because in 1 Corinthians 5, 9, and 10, listen to what Paul says. He said, I have written you a letter not to associate with sexually immoral people. Not at all meaning the people of this world who are immoral or greedy or swindlers or idolaters. In that case, you would have to leave this world. What is Paul saying then in 2 Corinthians? He is speaking to the church and he is helping them understand that, that you have to develop and buy into the culture that Christ has established for the church. He, that you have to realize that you have to be all in. If you want to see the blessings of God, if you want to see the presence of God, if you want God to flow through you, if you want to see those that you're praying for come to faith in Christ, if you want to see those that are sick raised up, if you want to see those that don't know Christ to come to Him, then we must realize that there is a culture that Christ established in the church, and we need to understand what it is and buy into it. We live in a, in a culture that is different than what the culture was in the, in the New Testament. What Paul, here's Paul, and he's talking to the church in Corinth, and they had allowed a variety of different things to enter into, into the culture of the church, and he's just asking them, why are you allowing these things in your life? And what he was saying is, it's not the culture's fault, it's ours. I remember a, a sermon a uh, few years ago that, that uh, our former district superintendent spoke, and he was talking about following Christ, and he said many Christians like to follow Christ from a distance. They can see him, and they know where he's going, but they don't want to get close to him to hear what he's saying. I think that, that sometimes in, in, in our life, we have to get to the place that that we need to realize that if we want to be where, where our heart desires to be, we have to be all in with God. There are some promises that, that come with that, that consecrated life, with buying in. Paul said, 
in, in 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians 7, 1, he said, Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Touch not any unclean thing, and I will receive you. What he is saying is, if you walk away from those, you, those things that are holding you back, if you're walking away from those things that keep you bound to, to your uh, thought process of this life, if, you're key, if those things that are keeping you from God, if you walk away from them, you'll walk into an intimate, personal relationship with God. And what God is really wanting is a close, personal relationship with each and every one of us. In fact, the only way that a church functions, the only way that a church can run on all cylinders if God's people are closely knit with Him. When we hear His voice, He said, if you walk away from those things, He said, I will receive you. Do you see what God is speaking to His people in Corinth and what He is speaking to us? That if you'll lay those things down that keep you from being who you are and, and, and being and living up to the potential that, that you have, that I will be with you. I will receive you and I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters. He is wanting this close relationship. But it's not God that keeps us from it. I've mentioned this before and I love it when I get a good statement especially when it's from me, it's like, great, I'm going to say this often, uh, that we're as close to God as we want to be. You say, well, no, Pastor, I, I really want to be closer to God. No, you don't. Because if you did, you would. If I want to be closer to God, I can be closer to Him. Because the devil can't stop me. God's not going to stop me. In fact, God's wooing me. Come on closer. Take a, take a step closer to me. Walk with me. Talk with me. Commune with me. Pray with me. Read, read scripture. Let me be the God of your heart. God is wooing us in. So the only, the only thing that keeps me from being who I need to be is me. You guys... Uh, get those beautiful blue wristbands. They are so cool. I, I was, I, I like the light blue. It was either that or pink, and we weren't going with pink. But if you look at, at, at that band, it talks about watch your why. Watch your why. Why? Why would we do, why would we follow? Why would we want to get closer to God? See, if you don't know why, you'll never follow the how. How and what mean nothing until you understand why. When you understand why you want to get closer to God, there is nothing that will stop you from making that journey. Why do we want to be closer to God? The question is simply this. 
that as we draw closer to him, he'll draw closer to us. He said, set aside all of those things that, that, that hinder you and follow after me. I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters. Do you know the scripture tells us that the angels desire to see, have what we have? The angels, the created beings, the, the ones that are ministering spirits. The Bible says that they desire to look into what we have. Those of us that have been made lower than the angels. That, that Because never at one time has God ever called any angel a son or a daughter. And yet here's humanity. Here's you and I. And, and, and yet he bids us. He, he compels us. He he begs us, if you just follow after me, if you will come closer to me, I want to be that father to you. It's God's compassion and love that he is letting us understand that he wants this close, personal, intimate relationship with each and every one of us. That's why. That's, that is why we, we should want to draw closer because the creator of the heavens and the earth is calling us and saying, come walk with me. Come talk with me. Let me speak to you during the middle of the day. Let me, let me my presence be in your life. Decrease all of the things that, that hinder my relationship with you and allow me to fill that temple of God. Don't you realize that Paul said that, don't you know that we are the temple of God? We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the ones that, that, that the presence of God dwells in. God is calling us. He is wooing us. Why did Christ come anyway? Wasn't it so he could die for our sins, that we could have a close, personal, intimate relationship with him? And he's calling his people today to, to drop the things that keep you from, from following after him and to put aside the attitudes and the hurt feelings and, and the attitudes and actions that, that keep us at a distance from God and passionately follow after him. You say, well, pastor, why are you speaking in such despair? It's because I really have a hunger in my heart to see God bless each and every one of us. I want to see God's presence move in Orlando like Orlando has never seen. And I also understand that it comes not just through prayer, but when God's people decide that they're all in, that they're going to be that man and that woman that God has called them to be. Nothing, not even the gates of hell can prevent the church from being who they are supposed to be. So don't blame culture. Don't blame society. Let's look at ourselves and say, where do we begin? Peter said in 1 Peter 4, 17, for the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. That we look at ourselves. And you say, well, are you looking at yourself, Pastor? Oh, yes, I am. And can I, can I be honest with you and very candid? 
I've seen things I don't like. Sometimes you just look at yourself and you think, you say, well, Pastor, do you not like yourself? No, I love myself. I tell myself that every morning when I see in the mirror, oh, I just love you. That's not what I'm, and I'm not getting down on myself. I'm just saying that there is more in a walk with God than what I have. And the more I want to follow after Him, the Lord shines a light on something that's in me or some attitude that I may have. And I have this grand and glorious opportunity to lay it down and walk away and allow Him to fill that spot. That if I have put something else on the throne of my heart, that I can set that aside and allow the King of glory to rule and reign in me. So how do we begin? Where we begin is right now, right here with us. How we begin, Scripture says, since we have these promises, what promises? That God is going to be our Father, that He is going to be with us, that He is going to bless us, that He is going to encourage us, that He is going to strengthen us, that He has equipped us, that, that if you are following after Him, that greater is He that's in you than He that is in the world. You can rejoice because He has overcome the world, that you will overcome the world. What promises do we have that when the trumpet sounds, the dead in Christ shall rise? That, that you and I have eternal life granted to us. And I don't know about you, I don't want to wait to get to heaven to really get to understand and know Christ. I want to know Him here. I want to be like Paul said, that oh, that I might know Him. And he had been walking with Him for 40 years. I want to know Him more tomorrow than I know Him today. And I want to know Him next week greater than I know Him today. It's a passion. It's a desire. It's a drive that has to be within each and every one of us that if we want to step into that great, that great day of tomorrow, if we want to walk into the future that God holds for us, that we lay aside all the weights Walk with Him. I'm going to get to my notes here in a minute. When, when I came to Christ, I was bound. I don't share a lot of that stuff because it's just like the, the, you know, but all the things, I grew up in the 70s, that's all you got to say. And I had habits that I could not quit. I tried. And I couldn't let them go. But after wrestling with God, or actually God talking to me every night, literally every night for a year, in the middle of the night, He just knocked on the door of my heart. And I'd wake up. And it didn't matter how I felt during the day at night when I knew I was not right with my Creator. Tears would begin to flow and I'd say, God, don't come right now. But I remember 
that night, I gave my life to the Lord. Could not take it any longer because there was a drive in me that I wanted to know my Creator. And when I truly gave Him my life and gave Him everything, I walked away free. Never touched any of those habits that had had me bound because He set me free. What's holding you? Say, Pastor, you're meddling now. Yes, I am. And the reason why I'm meddling is because I want you to have a close, passionate relationship with God. And I don't want you to miss out on anything that God has for you. And there's nothing in this life that is worth more than having that relationship with God, that, that His love and His glory and His mercy just pouring in your soul. I know that he is here today. And, and I don't want you to misunderstand. I, I will get back to my corny jokes and, and all of that stuff at some time. I know that that's just going to happen. But right now, at this time, God is speaking to your heart. I'm going to ask our praise team to come back. God has amazing things in store for you and for this church. And he is calling us, inviting us, wooing us to lay aside those desires, those habits, those attitudes, those actions that keep us from that relationship with Him. And you say, well, what are those? What has the Lord brought to your mind? Can I tell you a secret? Once when I, when I gave my life to the Lord and He took away all those habits and, and devices and everything else, and I walked away from those. Then he started really working on the hard part of changing my attitude. The external things are not near as important as the internal things. God's calling us. God's calling you. God's calling me to a deeper walk with him. your pastor, as, as your brother in Christ, as someone that deeply loves you. Let it go. Walk away from it and walk in to his loving arms. Because he has a future plan for you that is just amazing. And he's inviting you. Whether you're 8, 18, or 80, it does not matter. If you're breathing, God has a plan for you.
Would you stand with me? You're here today as God is speaking to you. Would you obey his voice? And I ask you if you would just to bow your head just for a moment. And I want you to talk to the Lord. he's speaking to you about some area of your life, would you just give it to him? God's not trying to deprive us. He's trying to deliver us. He's not trying to to get us so we're isolated and, and set apart. He is wanting us to empty ourselves that he can flood our life with grace and glory. Scripture says, whoever the Son has set free is truly free, really free. 